Welcome to the panel RNZ National Wallace Chapman here. Now the following state highways remain closed. Uh, state Highway 2, Matawai to Te Karaka. Uh, also State Highway 50, Tikokino, uh, excuse me. And opened with caution, State Highway 2, Nuhaka, near Kokohu Road. That's a stop and go there. Now, today the government announced um, an extra $128 million for cash-strapped universities, tertiary institutions. We get reaction from a senior lecturer at Victoria University. Also, is it time to have a wider independent agency to oversee the integrity and ethical issues in Parliament? We discuss that in the next hour. Also on the panel, Prime Minister Chris Hipkins will meet uh, later tonight with China's President Xi Jinping. It's a big meeting. We take a look at that today. And imagine a multiple Grammy-winning artist. In fact, here he is. I'm feeling good. So imagine if Michael Bublé is at a local market eating his fish sticks as he was, and he asked the local market buskers to join him on stage that night in front of 12,000 people. That's what happened to Vanessa, who joins us later in the show. And a piece in the spin-off on caning got me thinking. Were you caned at school? Were you strapped at school? Tell us what happened. I can imagine it's something that you'll always recall. Were you caned at school? Imagine that. Text me at 2101. You can email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me this afternoon, Victoria McLennan, CEO of IT Professionals, Digital Equity Advocate and Businesswoman. Uh, Victoria, welcome. Kia ora, Wallace. Thanks for having me back. It is a pleasure. And Sawan Manning, journalist, analyst and founder of Multimedia Investments Limited. Uh, Sawan, kia ora. Yeah, tenakui, Wallace. Good to have you both in. Sawan and Victoria with me today. And if you want to go back and listen to the panel, uh, as always, the panel is on iHeart, on Apple and on Spotify. This first, though, gold clams are an invasive species that can spread rapidly and not only impact our native species but our water-based infrastructure. About a month ago, they were discovered in a patch uh, of the Waikato River and Biosecurity NZ has been working with iwi and other partners to form a plan to fight them off. Dave Cade, now they call this guy Didimo Dave, is a central North Island biosecurity volunteer. He's been taking action on this situation. Dave has won a Minister's Biosecurity Award in 2019 for his long-standing dedication to fresh water conservation. With us is Didimo Dave. Welcome to the programme. Thank you very much. And I was one of the ones that got caned at high school. Were you now, Dave? And strapped and all the rest of it. My goodness me. Well, that's... I want, I'd love to know why, but let's get to this first. <laughs> why are you so passionate about this? Oh, look, it goes back to when I was a little boy, Wallace. Um, the late um, uh, Tom Marimer, uh used to fish the Waitanui River along with my dad. And when I was five, six, seven, eight, Tom taught me the, the idea of look after the golden goose and you'll have golden eggs. You were, so my yeah. passion uh, dates way back to the 60s at Waitanui, wow. south of Taupo, and uh, what Tom taught me, and it's just gone from there. 
You are really passionate about this, but you're very passionate and very concerned about these gold clams. Explain for us. Well, I, I am, but I'm, I'm more forward thinking at the same time and that I'm asking myself, what are we going to leave the next generation? And I reckon that's our responsibility to do something about it. It's our responsibility to look after our rivers and lakes so that yeah. when the, you know, the grandchildren and the next generation come along, they've got something to enjoy. Yes. You say that you'd be gutted if they got into Lake Taupo. Yes. Why? Because the worst-case scenario that they're talking about at the moment is you get a gold clam in Lake Taupo on a beach and it breathes at 400 times a day. You don't have to be too, too clever to Gosh. figure out what's going to happen to our beaches. Yeah, gosh, that's uh, that's quite a. And, and then if they also do that, they'll interfere with the breeding of the smelt, which interbreeds, interferes with the uh, food for the trout. If they get up the rivers, uh, if someone feeds first them because up the rivers, then they're going to have the same effect. So yeah, I, I'd, I'd be I'd be um, I'd be gutted, but I wouldn't be as gutted as I would be if I hadn't given every thing I've got to mm. stop them being transferred here. Which is probably why you got that award a few years ago for your, yeah. such a dedication to this. A, that would be yeah. the thing that would drive me, that, that I would have trouble living with, would be the fact that I didn't do the best. Goodness. All right. Yeah. Uh, we've got a panel yeah. with us, Dave. They might have some questions for you about gold clams well, or otherwise. The interesting thing, uh, just to, for a couple of things straight away now, is, is, is that please don't think that gold clams are the problem because they're not. What are the problem? The problem is people... Gold clams are not going to jump in, up out, out of the water, moonwalk down State Highway 1 and jump in another lake or river. OK, stay, no, stay, keep that thought, Dave. Victoria, let's bring you in. Dave, in the article you said there's three kinds of people, and I'd like to challenge you. I think there's a fourth kind. There's people who live in cities like me who just turn up at the lake or river once or twice a year who actually are really ignorant and know nothing about it. How do we educate those people? Well, that's a really good question because I've been jumping up and down for the last few years saying that if someone leaves, you know, two-thirds of New Zealand's population is above Taupo, I think. So if somebody leaves Auckland and drives down into the central North Island, they're in Taupo and they won't have seen one biosecurity sign anywhere on the highway. Yeah, agree. (laughs) Same driving north. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sitting on the side of the highway in a car at the moment with my big "Please don't move" it, um, gold clam sign on the back of the trailer, but you're not going to see anything else. Okay. So why, why can't we get these things? Mm. Selwyn. Yeah, good on you, Dave. In the first instance, one of the things I like about this kind of um, issue. Dave, and good on you for this, is that you looked at a problem, there's a challenge there, and you've come up with solutions. And looking into what you were doing, I see that you've got a three-word kind of approach, check, clean, and dry. Can you tell the people about that? Well, we can. Um, the, the, the check part is, is just making sure you've got no clams, even though some of them can be microscopic, making sure you're going to add it once, making sure you're going to weed, no um, freshwater weed or anything like that on any of your gear then either clean it um, with with dishwashing liquid and that and and or dry it long enough to, to pass the dry test. The problem we've got with these clams is we're still very early in the stages and we haven't got the latest info yet as to how long do they survive out of the water. And there's debate at the moment about what will kill them. Now, they've, they've done some trials, and they think if they use the bleach and det- household detergent, like they use for um, Didymo and things like that, they're only got a 21% mortality. 
So that's and is it work. just the boats? Is it just the boats that get cleaned up, or is this you know footwear, your togs, your clothes, everything, anything everything, that touches everything. water? But, the, but you said coming up with solutions and sinks for that cell one, but we we, we still haven't really because two of the things right. we've got a problem with is you've got a wakeboard boat in the Waikato River. They're going to they're going to suck you know hundreds and hundreds of liters of water into the big bladder inside the boat uh, to get the weight so it sits down so they can do the wakeboard tricks. And when they come back to the, the boat ramp and they pump all that water out, they don't get it all. There's still a bit left in there. And if so what's the solution to on, that problem? Sorry? What's the solution to that problem? I'll tell you what, at the moment we're scratching our heads on that one. Because we can't put a filter into the bottom of the boat because these clams are so microscopic that they get through any filter. The other one you've got is uh, like jet skis that have got runners on them with carpet rather than rollers. So they put, the, they put the jet ski onto the carpet, onto the runner. How do we get them to clean that? Dave, so we, it's yep. great to have you on to highlight the issue here. Um, and we must move on. We talked about gold claims before, haven't we, on the radio? But this is uh, just another reminder, isn't it, that we have to sort of be ever vigilant, uh, as you say. Uh, you, you, don't, yeah, you can't get it into the likes of Lake Taupo. But for now, Dave, thanks for being on the panel. No problems. Okay, then. That is Dave K. They're just absolutely, you can hear the passion, can't it, Victoria? This, this is, he's given it yeah. his life's uh, work. Yeah, totally. And I was pleased when you said that he won an award a few years ago because that's, um, you know, recognising people who are passionate about our country is really important. Mm. Um, well, look, um, we have had an outpouring of people who were caned or strapped. Here's just one. I was caned at primary school. It's hard to believe, isn't it? By headmistress, six of the best across both palms with a split cane drawing blood just for hitting the boy out of bounds. Never, ever will I forget this. Um, G'day Wallace, says Pete and Wanaka. I went to a Christian boarding school. We were caned from the age of five. Girls on the hand. By the time I arrived here as a young teen, we were caned, but by then it was a bit of a joke. It had no positive effect. So a uh, question today, uh, were you caned or strapped? Your stories, please. 2101. All right, it is time for I've Been Thinking. Victoria McClellan, take it away. Well, I have been thinking about awards, actually, because a fabulous charity that I chair called Digital Future Aotearoa won some mainstream awards on Friday night, the High Tech Awards for our um, impact work and digital equity work. Mm, and congrats. Thank you. And it, But it made me think about awards and why more people like Dave that we've just heard on the radio who are out there doing amazing mahi aren't being celebrated enough in our country. And it's got me thinking about is tall poppy syndrome still an issue or do we as Kiwis, we're just not ambitious enough and so we think things like awards are really cringeworthy and so people don't want to kind of put their hand up to be um, recognised. So I've been thinking about how we can change that and how we can change our attitudes as a nation. I haven't got an answer yet, but I'd love to hear what other people think. Mm, there might be some views on that. Do you think that we do suffer from tall poppy syndrome? I, th- I think we do to some extent. I also think that some of the awards come down to who's got the best PR company behind them and written uh-huh. the best submission and coached them the best as well. So we need to start recognising real New Zealanders who are doing things to really change the fabric of our country somehow. Isn't that reflected in the New Year's Honours, you know, the community awards? 
It is of a sort. It is of a sort, but having applied for someone for one of those in the past and got, you know, lots of people writing lovely things about them and they still didn't get recognised, it's still yeah. a pretty fraught issue. All right. Thank you, Victoria. That's uh, Victoria McLennan there. Salwyn Manning, I've been thinking. Yeah, Wallace, it's a kind of a notable point, really, um, and that's it's all about what I'm going to talk about is the mutiny that occurred inside Russia over the weekend. Now, people like um, Paul Buchanan and I have been digging into this type of thing, trying to make sense of what has been going on, which is obviously a pretty tough task. But anyway, that's I've been thinking about very little else in the last few days, sadly. But what does appear to be very clear is generally that these events, it's basically history-making, and it will prove, in my view, to be a historical case study of modern Russian personalised autocracy, and we're talking about Putin's style of regime here. What comes to mind, Wallace, in particular, are the views of Russian academics that have been labelled foreign agents by the Kremlin who are in exile and respected political scientists like Ekaterina Schulman, who's in exile in Germany and a frequent keynote speaker at universities in Europe that are very respected. Now, what she talks about in general terms and has long argued that Putin's personalised autocracy-styled regime is good at putting on a show and appearing to be tough and robust, but in behind that there are significant weaknesses. Now, her words are starting to show true. All of the, the two things I'd like to leave here with you, Wallace, are um, that in looking at all of this, for people that are in general or those that are specialists, look at the weather vanes. What are the indicators of where things are shifting? And stay away, in this case, from what is being said, but focus on what's being changed. And I guess that's the key to trying to read the what is really happening in this, what is a huge event for you know, governments all yeah, around the world. Indeed, certainly very dramatic uh, events uh, over the last uh, over the last couple of days there. So, uh, no doubt, we'll keep a watching uh, eye over that. Oh my goodness gracious me! I mean, these are quite astonishing. The 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 the, the, the emails I'm getting about people being caned, mm. they are just astonishing. I really want to get the panelist view on this uh, later. I was given the slipper across my backside when I was seven for blowing in some spilled drinking water at the school lunch table one time. Others had done the same, but I was the one who got the punishment. Like others, I've never, ever forgotten it. I'm 47 now. Oh, my goodness gracious. Talking, did you get the cane? Did he get strapped? 2101, the panel, RNZ National.